0: All right, welcome back in. This is the Catamount Chronicles episode number four. Thanks to Sobu Stretch Yoga Company in South Burlington, just off Shelburne Road, and also the Strike Zone Academy, a baseball facility in Essex Junction. So it's an apt sponsor for today's guest. It is current Fairfield University baseball coach, former UVM baseball coach, the last coach in UVM history. It's Bill Currier. Bill, how are you? Uh, Doing well, Brady. Thanks for having me on. Well, I appreciate you joining us, and you're someone that I've heard a lot about but never gotten a chance to talk to. I got to tell you, first off, though, your son Bryce, a great hockey player at Norwich, I was actually the public address announcer for a few games at Kreisberg Arena, so there's a chance that you've heard my voice before.
1: I certainly have I, I know your voice better than your face and and uh, uh, I'm sure you're proud to hear that.
0: <laughs> How does that happen? How does a Division one baseball coach get a hockey playing son? How does that happen?
1: Well, I actually uh, played more hockey than I did really? baseball up until uh, uh, later in high school. So um, I almost uh, I was very interested in going to uh, college to play hockey. so, I got my boys playing hockey. I had a rink in my backyard, a big 80 by 40 with lights on it and plastic and 12 wow. inch boards and steel goals that have been throwaways from UVM. <laughs> so uh, I uh, got the boys skating young and, and, and Bryce uh, certainly had the most prominence, but all three played and all three played travel hockey all over the place. So I've been in about every rink in the Northeast and Canada uh, uh, before I uh, even uh, got to baseball practice.
0: You know, I think that's so cool because, and especially in baseball, and we'll talk about this, the specialization now of youth sports, people just, are, they get so pigeonholed into playing one sport, but you encouraged all of your kids to play more than one sport and to play them a lot and at a high level. How important was that for their development? How important is that for kids?
1: I, I think it really is. And in and, and recruiting now for over 35 years, you, you, I, I've seen it diminish quite a bit. Yeah. And even even when we get a kid that's committed to us, a year or two out, the kid will call and say, uh, Coach, I'm playing hockey or soccer or football or something. And and uh, I was thinking I'm not playing my senior year because I'm already committed to play Division I baseball. And I want to ask the question to you, should I uh, uh, bypass that year or should I play? And the answer every <clears throat> every time is play, certainly. Uh, it's your last chance. You're going to be able to play. It's uh, it's an opportunity you, you can't get back. And the chance, if you're worried about getting hurt, well, you can get hurt doing anything. You know, yeah. you get players tripping on curbs and running into uh, fences or something that can happen anytime. So uh, play, enjoy yourself, and then when you get here in, in college, you, then you got one, you know, one sport then.
0: You know, I don't know the ages of all your kids. I only know Bryce, and I know he was in college, you know, a decade ago or close to a decade ago. You took the Fairfield job about a decade ago after UVM shut down. Was that a hard decision for you to leave the area, knowing you had kids that were college age and going to play their own college sports? Was that hard for you?
1: Yeah, it was. But, you know, Norwich isn't right here in Burlington. uh, Right we didn't miss too many hockey games as uh, george Como would attest i'd bother every time he was on the air <laughs> he, he wanted to talk to me but not now bill <laughs> and, uh, so i uh uh my wife and i came up from connecticut uh very routinely and yeah. uh uh we're at most all the all the games certainly at home and and uh even on the road some of them were a little easier to get to than norwich so
0: you know, I coached junior college baseball for two years, and I coached Division three baseball for a fall before I got deep into radio. Um, people don't realize that college baseball is not as luxurious as college football or college basketball when it comes to money in the sport, et cetera. How hard is the life of a college baseball coach? Because, I mean, I got so many friends have had to coach summer ball and had to coach youth leagues and coach this camp and that camp just to make a living, especially if you're not at the Division one level. How hard is that road?
1: It's, it's a hard road. It's, it's a fun road. I've enjoyed it. Uh, it was much easier to get started uh, years ago. Uh, if you were a, a pretty good player or maybe an ex-pro player uh, and you had aspirations to coach, uh, you either uh, tried to get picked up as a coach in the minors after you got released or uh, jump back to your college connections and try to get started that way. And that's the way I got started. Uh, soon after I uh, uh, got released, I got into a grad graduate uh, assistant program down at Western Carolina under Jack Leggett, who was my coach at UVM, yeah. obviously. And uh, so I didn't miss a beat. And I went right through and, uh, a one-year full-time position as a grad assistant uh, there. And that kind of launched me into uh, getting started at a junior college, being a a soccer coach, baseball coach, and taught five classes So, and recruited for full sports. So (laughs) it was, uh, it was wild and crazy for a couple of years. And then I got the University of Vermont uh, job when I was 20, uh, 20, 27 years old. So uh, it's pretty tough to get going at 27 as a head division one baseball coach. Uh, But uh, I have two 27 year old assistants right now on my staff. And, And both have been coaching for three or four years and uh, very energetic. And it it just isn't as easy. You know, they might try to move into something in the next three or four or five years. Or uh, when I choose to hang it up at some point, they may try to jump into my spot if they hang on long enough or show the right uh,
0: tools. What what makes college baseball so special? Because it is so different from the pro game. Uh,
1: it 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 is uh, you certainly uh, have a lot more off the field. You have student yeah. athletes. you have uh, uh, coaches in the minor leagues. the The scouts bring them the players. Mm-hmm. All they do is take care of them once they arrive. Uh, in college, you got them from A to z. you're you're watching them, you start recruiting them as a prospect, and we're recruiting maybe, uh, 75 to 100 names, and we whittle it down to maybe six or eight that we might have in that class. And you know, so we're watching them up to four times. We're we're following them, talking to them, inviting them to campus. Uh, you know, all these things are all around it before they even arrive. So, uh, so we're all over the place uh, driving. Uh, we're all over the place of, of checking kids and having them back to campus on a on a usual year. Yeah. Uh, Brady, not, not this year, but, uh, and then, uh, you know, we, we got them for not as much time. We have them for three or four hours a day, uh, one day off mandatory a week. And, and uh, it, it's, it is a little bit different than the, the pro game. And, and we're interested in making sure they graduate and we're evaluated on how we get them to graduate and, and through their baseball uh, and academic uh, year.
0: Between clothing orders and foods and hotel reservations and scheduling and all that, how much of the job is actually baseball? Like what percentage is actually the thing that you really love?
1: I I tell my assistants this all the time. I say, you know, uh, I wish 30% of this was my job was just baseball, but um, I'm fundraising. uh, Also, Uh, I'm talking to alum. I'm going to lunch with alum. Uh, that are helping us uh, uh, with our finances and pay for trips and things. Uh, it's it's a a coach with many hats, and uh, uh, you know we we were looking for somebody to get us a recruiting car a few years back, and you know and we just won the conference championship and we were just coming back from a regional, and you know I said you know I, we got to rent these cars and this and that, and, and an alum stepped up and said hey you're going to have a a car at your doorstep in two weeks and <laughs> wow. So all all these things, you know, you you got to keep your machine moving and make it a little easier for your assistants or yourself and, and set yourself up. So it's it's quite a bit different. You're exactly right than a, than a pro game of worrying about what's just on the field. At how, the time. Cha-
0: how challenging is has this last 6 months been. I mean you lose most of your season play a handful of games I imagine in February and in March and then your season's canceled and now you can't even do typical fall ball I would imagine because the MAC has suspended athletic um competition. What, I mean what are you even doing now? Yeah. In
1: in March, March 11th, we we're just about to start our our last series in Florida on our spring yeah. break. Uh, we were going to play South Florida, a three-game set. We just won the night before at Stetson, uh, seven to four. Great game. Kids played tremendous. All pumped up. Uh, drive across to Tampa from Central Florida, and uh, we get the word that the season is uh, uh, done, and to get the first plane uh, to head back. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was it was a gut wrench there. Uh, 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 Shot to the stomach for our seniors, certainly. It was difficult for them to handle. But as all the sports started to fold, and uh, pro sports and amateur sports, uh, they had a very mature outlook on on the difficulties of the of the world and what was going on, the pandemic. And they were very mature about it. You know, they felt awful for themselves, but they had bigger uh, disappointments in the world they, they could see, and they were very mature about it and handled it very well. For us coaches, Brady, we've been on lockdown for recruiting yeah. since that time, and we're extended wow. through the end of September. So we're watching a lot of video. <laughs> you know, We are uh, <laughs> trying to uh, analyze kids through video and, and talking to them on the phone and, and doing all this way. And, and we've kept up, but uh, certainly not as comfortable.
0: How do you even handle your, your, your current players in that time? I imagine some of them can play in the summer. Some of them can't play in the summer. Some of them are playing better competition. Some are playing worse competition. How do you even handle your current players?
1: Yeah, we, we really, our coaching staff did, I felt, a, a tremendous job uh, with staying in touch with our players and keeping them engaged. You know, we through the, the, the online classes they were taking in April yeah. and early May, uh, soon after that, we had zoom sessions. We had Kirk McCaskill, ex UVM pitcher and teammate of mine and good friend of mine. He came on, uh, and did two zoom sessions, uh, with our wow. team, uh, talked to the pitchers first. And then he talked to the whole team just about, uh, uh the little steps you need to, to have the right attitude and the right skills. And, you know, just, it was a great session for our, our players just to hear them. And, uh, we had the bets, uh, uh, video analyst uh, guy that's friends with our pitching coach uh, mm-hmm. come on uh, and talk about with our pitchers, just about analyzing their, uh, their motions and things. We had the Brewers uh, scout come on and talk to our team. Uh, Jack Leggett came on yeah, and, and talked to our team about success, building a successful athlete. Um, we had uh, uh, alumni come on. We had alumni sessions with our players Uh, We had all this going on. We had Bobby Tewksbury, my ex-shortstop at Vermont. Uh, He's one of the uh, big league hitting instructor and and is launching a a new uh, video analysis of a hitting uh, 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 software down in Austin, Texas. Hmm. He came on. Uh, We had our players engaged and kept them uh, thinking baseball, learning about the game uh, for two and a half months. And uh, it it was tremendous because our kids remember they couldn't start summer baseball until about the first week of July. So they had a few months there
0: where there was a lot of dead time. Well, you mentioned Kirk McCaskill played hockey and baseball at UVM, got to the majors. Um, He was the guy who gave up the back-to-back homers to Griffey Sr. and Griffey Jr. Um, And If I ever get him on, am I allowed to ask him about that or is that a sore spot?
1: he he's, he's got a good humorous side to him so i i would take a shot at it brady i would be very <laughs> careful with the backlash but uh uh he is a competitive uh, uh, golfer now i played with him and he's won a couple of championships at his club and outside san diego and but he he would uh, he is reminded of that often by his friends so no wow. worries
0: Maybe I'll, maybe I'll make it the last question just so it ends the uh, ends the interview no matter what's going to happen. There you go. So we're talking with Bill Currier, former UVM baseball coach, current Fairfield baseball coach on the Catamount Chronicles episode number four. It's all thanks to the Strike Zone Academy baseball facility in Essex Junction. Um, you can get a free evaluation of your baseball skills there. I can be the guy who gives you that free evaluation. Just mention oh. – yeah, just, just, just former <laughs> JUCO pitching coach and D three washed up pitcher. So there you go. I've been doing lessons over there for a while. And and coach, you'll appreciate this. It's a great facility. It's got all the the new bells and whistles from the analytics side of things, but your traditional batting cages rent out the facility as well. As someone who you know is certainly invested still in Vermont, and wants the game to grow in Vermont. How important is a place like this to growing the game here in the Green Mountain State?
1: I think it's very important because it extends the season of the players of the youth, you know, of, of the, the baseball youth in in the area, not just the area. I think uh, there's kids come from ways away. We did a a holiday clinic there over uh, three days. And actually uh, my son, Bryce took part in it. And uh, we, we really worked the kids around through those tunnels and off the machines and uh, uh, the hit tracks and, Yeah, uh, we had we had a a great three days of sessions and they were kind of a combination of of uh, uh, the strike zones uh, kids. And it was uh, a lot of my kids from my summer camps that I still do Mm. two weeks up here on on most summers, Uh, not this summer. But uh, every summer for uh, uh, 40 years, the the Vermont Baseball School has been running, actually. It started with Jack Leggett and and uh, is I've had it for over 35 years. So
0: it's uh, a little you talk about playing for Jack Leggett. And he's going to come on an episode here in uh, in a few weeks. <clears throat> you played for him at UVM. Um, who are the guys? I guess besides Coach Leggett, who have impacted your coaching career? Who are the guys that you have really drawn from?
1: Well, certainly he was my uh, after high school. He was my my college coach, and he was a phenomenal infield instructor. And, and uh, I, that's when I played first base, so I got to. Really uh, uh, listen and and be schooled by him as an infielder, and then my last year the scouts wanted me to get in the outfield and and uh, as I tell like it I said you think a good coach would have noticed that <laughs> a year or two before and and got me out there because I could uh, not only I was tall to play first but I could run and throw so. Uh, I moved out there and that's where I played the whole minor league uh, experience. So yeah. it was great for my college uh, uh, coaching uh, uh, background of having uh, Coach Leggett uh, as an infield instructor and then as a uh, outfielder in the minors. And, and uh, uh, you know, th- that's what you want to do as a coach. Try to well diverse yourself as much as you can in as many areas as you can. And then, uh, uh, you know, try to. Learn as much about recruiting and and what you're looking for, and understanding your situation, and making sure the right fit uh, you're going after, and things. So, but Coach Leggett was certainly was the, the mentor to to start that all rolling. So,
0: you get the job you said at 27. Um, certainly, young to be a D1 head coach. What was it like sharing an athletic department with Tom Brennan and Mike Gilligan, two two legends, um, two guys that certainly, at least in Brennan's case, big personality. What was that like?
1: Yeah, uh, you always uh, gave the mic to them first, and you <laughs> always took a back seat to any time you were in public. That, yeah. that was the key. The key was certainly Brennan. And I think uh, Coach Gilligan, who's still both of them are good friends of mine still, and I'm in contact with. Uh, uh, Coach Gilligan it, it always understood that from day one, <laughs> also. So they were certainly uh, two good guys, two 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 team players, and, and uh, always fun to be around.
0: What were the expectations like at UVM? I mean, what I mean, I've been around, you know, I, I grew up in Albany, so I know Coach Mueller at U Albany. I know Coach Rossi at Siena. Um, the expectations at Northern schools, at mid-majors, are never as high as they are in the SEC or the Big 12 or whatever. What were the expectations like at UVM?
1: Yeah, certainly, speaking of Tony Rossi, you know, I just can't shake the guy. I'm, yeah, I'm, I know. He, he, just, just, he, he won't, won't go, go anywhere. here. And now he's in my conference, and we talk all the time and heckle each other. So he's uh, he's probably only got another twenty years till he's one hundred and ten before he hangs it up. But he's doing well. Um, you know, it, it was expectations when I got here was was uh, hey, let's just try to recruit Vermont kids, and let's hmm. try to uh, win games, but let's make sure they graduate, and don't get in trouble, and yeah. uh, and give them a good experience, Bill. Uh, that's the way it was. And then we became to be pretty good team. And then we started to be one of the top four teams in new England. And then we started to win games and we won the, uh, conference regular season championship twice. And then, and this was all with zero scholarships from the school. So this was uh, a little bit exceeding expectations. And I think the, uh, uh, the alumni started to press a little bit. And we started to get some big donors behind our program to help a little bit, and and then soon after we w- we were cut. But uh, I think the kids that came through here had a, a heck of experience, had a lot of success, played on a great field, um, one of the better college fields in the Northeast, and I think that uh, and it improved immensely. Thank you to the uh, thankful to Ray p and the and the well, the Lake Monsters. Uh, so. We uh, uh, gave a great experience to uh, a lot of Vermont kids and a lot of out-of-state kids that we were uh, uh, equally dividing kind of within the within the program.
0: You know, we joke about Coach Rossi at Siena. I want to say it's 50 years that he's been the coach um, of that program. Would
1: I, you? I think it's over, over 52. <laughs> over 50. I think it might be 52 this next year. Uh, Would great. you?
0: Would you have stayed at UVM your entire career if the program had stuck around? Would that have been you? Uh,
1: I I definitely wouldn't be uh, whatever his age is right now still <laughs> coaching. <laughs> I'm not on that program, but uh, I, I would have stayed. I would have stayed un- unless we had uh, we're. We- we were filled with sophomores, really talented sophomores. And in fact, one of them made it to the big leagues with Houston Astros, Matt Duffy. Yeah. So we really had a a spectacular sophomore group on our team when we got cut, and we finished third in the league of that year. And we had a a bumper group of guys coming in because we had just gotten uh, some scholarship, uh, four and a half scholarships. So we spent that wisely and we were going to be, uh, very, very good, I think in the next couple of years. So, uh, you know, if something came out of that, uh, maybe, but right now, Brady, uh, I look back on and say, you know, I was, I was here for the duration and to keep build this program into, uh, a perennial power in the Northeast. And it doesn't matter if we're, uh, one of the more Northern teams or not, uh, We were successful. We had a great field. We had a great uh, guarantees always set up to help alleviate our cost early in the year. And when we came back, uh, we were always one of the better teams in, in the Northeast.
0: Podcast Catamount Chronicles, episode four, also brought to you by Sobu Stretch, a boutique yoga studio just off Shelburne Road in South Burlington. Promo code Brady5, you get $5 off your first class. They've got virtual classes, they got in-person in person sessions, three to five people only, everything being done safe, socially distanced, CDC guidelines. Again, you can do whatever you want as far as going in-person or doing it virtually. Scott and Erica, they're the owners, they will take care of you, just use the promo code Brady, five, $5 off your first class. Um, this question is for me only because not everybody knows who he is, but Brian Kane is a guy who used to play baseball at UVM, played for you. I met him once when I was coaching at Norwich. I've stayed in touch with him um, before. He's the guru of sports psychology, mental conditioning now, um, and he's one of my favorite people. He's had a bigger impact on my life than you would realize from only having actually met him one time. What was he like for you as a player? I just I just got to know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Brian probably Brian probably Brian wants to keep this keep this on the low, <laughs> low, key, kind of low key. But Brian was a, a perfect example of a player that uh, didn't control his emotions, didn't control his actions. He overworked, and not too many times you have players that when you tell to do uh, twenty five pole to poles and, and running the outfield and get standing in shape, he'll do a hundred because he yeah. thinks it's uh, even better for him. So he was injured a lot because of breakdown, I think. Uh, he slowly matured into uh, uh, understanding uh, the mental game a more. And then he became obsessed with it and went to graduate school under Ken Revisa, Revisa yep. and, and really uh, took off from there. And uh, Brian has talked to uh, my team before. Uh, I know he's on uh, on call with a lot of teams yep. and and, and and Brian knows the way he was, and I compare him to uh, maybe an alcoholic that now teaches AA meetings yeah. because he's been yeah. there, he's done that, and Brian uh, has a great feel for that because he's kind of been there and done that, and he does a, a tremendous job.
0: Technical difficulty minor here uh, with Bill Courier, so we'll get him right back. I'm um, talking about my guy, Brian Kane. So he's one of my favorite people, sports psychology guru, um, and, and Bill Currier mentioning that he went to grad school at, at Cal State Fullerton with Ken Reviza. Ken Reviza is kind of the original godfather of sports psychology. He's the guy who taught Brian Kane. Um, I met him once at Cal State Fullerton. It was an unbelievable meeting for me. He has recently since passed, unfortunately. He um, was friends with Joe Madden. He did work with the Angels. He did work with the Rays as well. I think even when when Joe Madden got the Cubs job, he was working there. So Brian Kane tells the story a lot that he was like the worst college baseball player in history because of what Bill Courier said. He um, just overworked. He was um, too hard on himself. And look, I I've, the reason why I identify with Brian Kane so much and identify with sports psychology so much because I was the same way. I wouldn't take a 25 laps and turn him into a hundred, but 25 laps was going to become 30 or you know, a 20 pitch bullpen was going to become 30. And if something wasn't perfect, I was going to work until I got it perfect. And you just get inside your head so much that it, it drains you. And that's why I said that, I've only met Brian Kane one time, but it's had more of an impact on my life than he should be for only having met him one time because he taught me how to let go of things and how to just move on from things, and it happened in life as well. I want to bring back on Bill Courier now. We were finishing up the talk about Brian Kane, So I'll ask you, this is a follow-up, Coach. How important is the mental game? Because I was just telling the story about myself. While I wasn't like Brian was, I was somebody that was constantly in my own head. Like if I I was going to bed the night before a start thinking – don't walk the leadoff guy. If I walk the leadoff guy, then he's going to steal second. Then I'm going to give up a double, and we're going to be down one nothing instantly. So I was always in my own head in the worst way. How important is the mental game?
1: Yeah, it, it's very mental. Uh, very, very important the mental game because of uh, the the downtime in baseball, the the time to think about what you're going to do. And then it happens quick, and then uh, you got to wait a, a, maybe another inning to get it to get up or another two innings or another end of the game to get a ball hit to you. So there's a lot of time to think. So I think uh, Brian has his place and does a great job in and controlling your situation and not thinking about things you can't control. That's basically uh, uh, I, I think there's it, a lot of things around that, but in, in baseball, a lot of things happen negatively. Uh, a lot of things that you can't yeah. control. And I think a lot of kids uh, uh, think about that. And, and I see it almost more so nowadays, you know, and, and I've been at two very good academic schools, Vermont and Fairfield, and they're pretty smart kids. They're not always smart in baseball. You know, they, they don't need to be thinking about yeah. things that that, that that doesn't concern them or doesn't have anything to do with them. So, uh, you know, we work a lot with this uh, mental game, and I think it does help training train the mind as well as the body to uh, uh, work in cohesion with each other and and not worry about things you can't control.
0: Well, I was – I've talked to Matt Duffy before. I've talked to Owen Ozanich before, guys who played for you at UVM. Um, They were there the day the program was shut down. I'll just ask you for your – what are your memories of that day? How hard was it being in that meeting that day?
1: Well, it was, it was certainly a a lead up because we knew we were going to be, uh, 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 suspended, we'll call it, uh, February 20th. And then we, then we are leaving in a week to go to Vanderbilt to play a three game series. And then the next weekend we're going to Mississippi to play a three game series against two sec weekends. So uh, that's what we had, uh, 10 days before we were dropped. So, um, it was not an easy year. It was a very difficult year. We had uh, coaches recruiting our players uh, uh, between doubleheaders, uh, touring them around campus after our games. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the the best thing that happened is every one of our players but one, uh, a transfer kid, decided to play and not sit out that year and not jeopardize a year of eligibility. Mm. So, and Matt Duffy had a broken hand. He missed the first two weekends, and wow. he, and he became the MVP in the conference that year <laughs> without playing the first uh, ten games. Um, his numbers were that good, and he was so talented. So, you
0: know, it was difficult as someone who knows athletic department budgets and knows recruiting and knows bad weather in the Northeast, et cetera, and just knows baseball in this area, I won't, I'll I'll leave out all the administrative stuff. I'll just ask you from a fan perspective, do you think that people in the community would support baseball being back at UVM? Ignore all the budget and all that stuff.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's survived here for a hundred years. And uh, there's a lot of, other teams that playing Division I baseball, uh, even an ACC team down in Boston. So, and yeah. every team in the Northeast goes south for the first uh, month of the season. Uh, uh, so it's nothing that's out of the ordinary in, in creating another uh, successful uh, program at, in this location. And uh, uh, the hardest thing to do whenever you uh, uh, bring a program back or something is facility. Uh, You can get donors to support a team or or something for a little bit and help with the uh, department's uh, financial means. But building another facility after a program's been gone for years is the most difficult thing. I I was playing against UNH New Hampshire when they got uh, cut and they built, I believe, a library on their field. Uh, The field was was gone. Uh, Our field is still one of the best college fields in the Northeast and it is UVM owned. It's just leased by the, uh, Lake monster. So, and that field has grown steadily better and better and better, uh, through the, the through Ray P for, for years now. So that's the most difficult thing because that's millions of dollars to sink into a field to bring it up from scratch. And, and we have a, a beautiful facility right here that's right on property. So, uh, that, that's the most difficult thing. Not, you know, just, Bring the, the, the operating budget back is, is, is another issue, but uh, I think it's a lesser issue than, than the field itself.
0: You know, I'm worried about the future of the Lake Monsters. I'm worried about minor league baseball in general because of the uh, the agreements going to run out at the end of the year and the, the, the short season A-ball teams are the ones that are on the chopping block and I could see the Lake Monsters going away because they don't want to have short season A-ball, so therefore they're not going to be full season because the weather is so bad, etc. I hope I'm wrong on that. If the lake monsters did go away, how bad would that be for baseball in this state? I I think it would be uh, tough to have that that example of,
1: of high level baseball for these young kids uh, to see. I think that the the kid that goes to the game at, at five or six or eight years yeah. old remembers that, and it and it keeps them. Engaged and it keeps them in their leagues and it keeps them with that dream alive. I think you know by losing that team, that's the 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 lineage that you're going to lose. Uh, I think and and that's that's detrimental to the game of baseball in the in not just uh, Chittenden County in the whole northern New York, Vermont and New Hampshire. You know that that all frequented uh, the games and. And, and you know came to camps in the summer this camp the Vermont baseball school as they said has been running for 40 years uh, we got kids of kids that are now coming to that uh camp yeah not of course when I've been there brady but <laughs> but these are uh uh things that we're going to lose uh if we lose that that facility and and that team because I think if we lose the team uh uh I don't know how it's going to be kept up
0: Well, I'll get you out of here on this. You've coached a lot of good ones. You've coached against a lot of good ones. It's, yeah, let's see. You're up 3-2 in the ninth inning. Who's the guy coming to the plate for the other team that you least want to see coming up? Because you've, I guess, best hitter you've seen in college baseball. Who's the guy that would put the most fear into you in that situation?
1: Yeah, two hitters. Certainly, Carlos Pena for Northeastern. He had four home runs off his year. He was (laughs) number one pick, and Kevin Mensch, a kid at Delaware that made it up for <clears throat> I think six or seven years or, or yeah. longer with, with the Rangers and,
0: and one of my and, favorite guests of all time, Kevin Mench.
1: Kevin Mensch, yeah. He hit a ball off the back of the press box at Centennial that I think bounced back to second base. Uh <laughs> it so hard. Uh but <laughs> oh, <laughs> those, man. those well. two guys those two guys weren't bad. You know, Matt Duffy was <laughs> was his sophomore year that he was the MVP in the American East. He was pretty special, too, and he was still only a sophomore. So I think he would have been uh, probably owned a lot of records and and probably been one of the best players ever to come through.
0: Well, Bill Courier, episode four of the Catamount Chronicles in the books, thanks to the Sobu Stretch Yoga uh, Boutique Yoga School in uh, in South Burlington, just off of Shelburne Road, and also the Strike Zone Baseball Academy in Essex Junction. Great deals just by mentioning this podcast. Continue to follow me on social media to learn more about those. Coach Courier, now the coach at Fairfield. He's taken the Stags to the NCAA tournament before. And, Coach, we look forward to seeing your guys on the field again safely. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me, Brady.